Well, today on The Exchange, we want to look at the current performance of the local currency. After certain interventions by the Ministry of Finance and Economic Development, and these measures were meant to stabilize and promote the acceptability of our own money, the Zim dollar. On the 23rd of June, so just last week, uh, the ministry issued a statement informing the corporate sector to start settling half of their foreign currency portion uh, of their corporate tax obligations in local currency uh, for their June quarterly payments date. So in this regard, there's quite a lot to talk about. And also looking at the factors around uh, the exchange rate in itself that has uh, gone, uh, it's firmed uh, last week from uh, $1 to $6,326. Well, uh, is actually Treated to uh, three six thousand three hundred twenty six from uh, six thousand nine hundred and twenty six from last week. Now joining me in this conversation to break all of these uh, aspects down and to make it more understandable for you and me, I'm happy to join uh, to be joined by Pascal Mandea, who is an economic expert, and I'm also joined by Gilbert Mponda, who is uh, a financial and banking expert. Pascal, good evening and uh, welcome to the conversation. Good evening, good evening, listeners. Thanks so much, Pascal. Also joined by Gilbert. Gilbert, good evening and welcome uh, to the conversation. Hi, Rumbi. Good evening and good evening, Zimbabwe. Fantastic. You know, so these issues can be a little bit complicated, particularly for the man on the street. Uh, let's break down what happened on the 23rd of June uh, with this announcement. Um, so this announcement came in uh, asking corporates to start settling their quarterly payments, uh, half of those in foreign, uh, in local currency. Um, what's your reaction to this move? Let me start uh, with you, Pascal. Well... <coughs> The government realized that uh, one of the key payments that couldn't be delayed are these QPD payments. Just so that we are clear, uh, in terms of our tax laws, uh, companies charge, uh, are supposed to pay uh, tax so on profits and things like that. So they are payment debts four payments per year. What happens is if you trade the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, you don't wait until the end of the year for you to then pay the checks that could be due. So quarterly you make assessments to say so far in terms of how we have traded, how much should be due. So there's a debt by which you must then submit the return for whatever it is that you would have made for that quarter, and then you forward that to Zimbabwe. So there was this realization that uh, the, the, the second quarter debt was imminent. And under normal circumstances, uh, well, the new normal, companies would have the option of settling that either in foreign currency or in local currency. But what... Uh, the Ministry of Finance, through its secretary, then decided, they said, you must pay at least 50% of that in Zimbabwe dollars. What that does then, it forces the corporates 
to offload whatever foreign currency they may have been holding to look for Zimbabwe dollars to then meet that obligation. I don't know whether you are still following me. They, uh, I am. They could, they could have chosen to pay foreign currency, but they are now obliged to now look for the Zimbabwe dollars by offloading foreign currency. Because remember, you're only paying this tax after you have traded and made profit. And also, after the announcement of the 23rd, subsequent to that, there was another enforcement memo where they said, no, 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 if you delay paying 100% penalties, and they are being strict about this. Because they don't want to give corporates time to accumulate Zim dollars from normal sales uh, and then uh, pay without penalty from that. They're actually trying to push people to offload foreign currency uh, while they are chasing for Zimbabwe dollars to settle that obligation. Normal, uh, your ordinary supply and demand, which means they've sort of created or increased the demand for the Zim dollars while also increasing the supply of the foreign currency in both the parallel market and the official market. Because remember, when you're looking for these Zim dollars, the government doesn't say you must then sell to an authorized dealer and then show us the receipt that uh, you have sold foreign currency. These are the Zim dollars that you have. So technically, I'm not encouraging breaking the law. Technically, somebody could still go to the parallel market, sell their U.S. dollars, get Zim dollars on the parallel market, and then pay the tax bill. Interesting you, you raised that, uh, and I'm going to come back to you on that, Pascal, so just hang on. Gilbert, I want to hear your thoughts as well. Um, what do you make of, of, of this move, the 23rd of June, and the Minister of Finance and Economic uh, Development's statement? Well, I think that's a very positive move, and uh, the Reserve Bank and the Minister of Finance need to be commended for taking such a, a stance, because obviously there was... Uh, an incentive for people to be dumping all their Zimbabwe dollars on the market, pushing artificial demand for the U.S. dollars because they wanted to pay some of their taxes. So now, because they are saying 50% of your taxes now is supposed to be actually paid in Zimbabwe dollars, that means they've increased the demand for the Zimbabwe dollar. And uh, it also encourages corporates to sell some of their products and services in Zimbabwe dollars because they know that this money will have value as they will need it every quarter to pay for their uh, taxes to the government. Uh, and as we discussed earlier on, uh, the government is usually the biggest uh, customer in the economy and it's also the biggest supplier of products and services. So it should, by very nature, accept the Zimbabwe dollar even exclusively, without even actually accepting foreign currencies as uh, other even regional countries uh, do. Uh, if I'll give you an example, say you're in Botswana, or you're in South Africa. In South Africa, they only uh, accept rand. In Botswana, only pula. That is their, their government. So for us, it's a good start that we're saying 50% uh, for, for the taxes and things like that. And I think this should be maintained going forward so that it's not like a knee-jerk reaction or like a reactive uh, action where you are reacting to try to stabilize the currency, but it should actually be the norm it should be the standard. It's good that we've seen actually a positive uh, response by the Zimbabwe dollar, where it has gained by uh, 8.6% over the last week, 
mostly responding to this positive measure. Whilst it's too early to celebrate, but I think it's uh, something that's worth noting that the market is always uh, appreciative of any positive moves taken by the government. So I think for the policymakers, it's one thing that they can actually notice that if there was increased usage by government itself, what well, it means the government is the one that is actually using these Zimbabwe dollars when they demand them. It shows the government itself has got confidence in the currency and uh, going forward, uh, the currency is here to stay. And such moves, they build internal confidence in the currency and in the economic system. Because uh, previously, uh, when the government used to demand, say, duty in foreign currency and things like that, and even corporate taxes in foreign currency, such moves, they, they, they create a level of uncertainty to the investing public and also to the corporations and other stakeholders in the economy because it would appear as if the government itself is not sure about its own currency. But this move goes right across to prove that the government is committed to the local currency and it's here to stay. What might actually end up going is the basket of currencies that might actually end up just having the Zimbabwe dollar as our economy stabilizes and uh, solidifies its, its uh, performance going forward. You, uh, if you look at the, the shelves in most supermarkets, we have about around 60 to 65% of local goods on the shelves, which is a very commendable capacity utilization coming out of the usage of the local currency. But this was just about to be reversed because of the uh, movement that was happening in the exchange market. But the move that is taken by the government right now, it's something that really like forces any manufacturer or any service provider to rethink uh, their uh, preferred use of uh, saving of foreign currency. Because now you've got a ready use for Zimbabwe dollar that you know every quarter you're going to pay these quarterly payments to the government and the government will want at least 50% in, in local currency. Even if you sell everything in US dollars, you have to liquidate so in other words, you are forced to increase supply of the U.S. dollars because you might be holding Forex so that you want to pay your taxes. But you are now having to sell half of that Forex. So that money has to come into the wholesale market or into the interbank market where the willing buyer, willing seller principle is going. So this is a very commendable move. And we really hope it's here to stay and other measures will be taken to support the currency in this direction. And now, now, Pascal, coming back to, to something that you, you had said, you know, about, uh, you know, there's no asking of receipts or the source of the local currency. And it could very well, no, not that it's an encouragement for corporates to do so, but it could very well be coming from the parallel market. Looking at that statement that you made um, and how this move will affect the stabilization of the local currency. Uh, are we going to get there, or it's simply going to keep feeding uh, the parallel market because now it's just a case of getting new, uh, getting the local currency by whatever means? Well, the idea is not, uh, in my own view, and with all due respect to the minister and everyone at the Ministry of Finance, they are not trying to target the official rates is what uh, my colleague may have implied there, because he then talk about uh, that money coming onto the, you know, willing buyer, willing seller market and the interbank market. Uh, first and foremost, coming back to your question to say how effective is this going to be, obviously as a morale-boosting measure, it has done a lot, because after this announcement, rates 
the official rate then went down. The parallel rates also indications that they have gone down. So you would say it has worked. But when you get to the real numbers now, uh, when you analyze what is actually paid by way of taxes during those quarters, it's easy to make the wrong assumption that uh, if we collect, say, $4 billion worth of tax, then every quarter we're collecting a billion. That is not the case. There are certain other taxes that are collected on a monthly basis, like your VAT, you've got the 2% tax, you've got pays, you earn, and whatever. There are a lot of other sources of government revenue other than this. Uh, this, is, this is just a quarterly payment for profits and whatever. So it's, it's not that significant. But again, one of the things that we have noticed is that our parallel market is very fickle. When you look at the actual volumes, of money that are moved. Remember, because we don't have too many printed in dollars. When you look at the national payment system, you find that even when rates go haywire, the actual value of the transactions is not that uh, that great. So yeah, the, 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 what they I I think what they were targeting is to mop up zim dollars from the parallel market to actually force. Those corporates that need to pay tax to then go and, go and look for the higher rates at the parallel market. And that would have the effect of getting more U.S. dollars, chasing fewer Zim dollars on the parallel market, and then the, the, that rate comes down. So it's, it's not really, in principle, it's not a lot of money. The government doesn't collect too much by way of those QPD payments, but because they are sudden and they are enforced, that is that effect of dampening uh, the, the actual rate. As to whether or not people are going to be stopped from going to the parallel market, I think we're, we're not doing enough to really stop this. We could if we wanted to, but as a country, we're not doing enough. I think right now we're in the, at the stage where we, we keep an eye on it and try to influence it. But if you really wanted to make it illegal and enforce, we could do that because... Remember, there are very few printed Zim dollars relative to the overall supply of Zim dollar money. And the Arab visit is read on access to the whole national payment system because it's done via Zim switch. They can literally see all the transactions. If I transfer EcoCash to you now, or one man or whatever, if they wanted to see, they can see. So enforcement, in my own view, it's still weak. We've got the tools, but we don't have the willpower to try and enforce them. Uh, Gilbert, your your view there, what's your perspective uh, in terms of how this move will stabilize uh, the local currency and have it more readily acceptable by the market? Well, I think it's a, a very positive move because, as I highlighted, what my colleague has just mentioned, that... Uh, the idea is to bring confidence to the market where investors uh, know that the government is a ready customer, a ready buyer, already ready entity that is going to accept Zimbabwe dollars going forward. So it means you shouldn't have that uncertainty whether the currency is going to be valid or is going to be acceptable or is going to, to have value going forward. Uh, so as a confidence-building measure, it's a building block. It's not really a process, uh, an event where you do one thing and you think the currency is now fixed and sorted. 
but it's an it's important step because that is what you've been clamoring saying look the government it's paying its workers in uh, RTGS but it's accepting a service fees in US dollars in that imbalance alone even to your own employees is something that sends the wrong signal whereby you yourself you, you are accepting passport fees and, and all these other fees in US dollars but your workers who are actually doing the, the receipting uh, in US dollars, you are paying them in RTGS. So we need to slowly go towards a, a situation where every government service, whether it's uh, a passport you are trying to get, it's a driver's license you are trying to get, or it's a duty you are trying to, 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 to pay for, it should be done in Zimbabwe dollars. Once we have such a scenario uh, where everyone, you know, with the government, because it's the biggest player in the economy, whether through salaries or through uh, being a customer where people supply services uh, like road construction and things like that, the government is the biggest player there. So once the government regulates in that way by action, not by rules or laws, just by its own action to say, look, if you sell things to us, we are going to pay you in Zimbabwe dollars. If we we are selling things to you, we accept Zimbabwe dollars. If you want to save it from us, we accept Zimbabwe dollars. So slowly, the, this appetite for, for, for U.S. dollars and other foreign currencies is slowly going to go away. Uh, so Because people will now see that, look, the biggest player in the economy, which is the government, is seeking to use Zimbabwe dollars strictly. That alone is a very positive measure. The next step which we think the government should do is look at how the banks can be encouraged to pay a decent amount of interest on all RTGS deposits. That's the other challenge we have, because, you know, if you bank your, your RTGS today, even after three months, uh, even if the currency was not devalued significantly, uh, you'd still not get much in terms of interest and, and that alone is also something that the government through the Reserve Bank, uh, through the Bankers Association of Zimbabwe, should try to make sure that any savings in, in the bank, they attract a decent amount of interest. Right now, if you borrow money from a bank, the interest rate you are charged is more than 100% equivalent, you know, per year. But when you deposit your money, the interest is very negligible. It's almost like 2-3%. And because of bank charges, you don't even earn anything from your deposits. So what we need to look at is to make sure that there are other measures that are taken in addition to this very positive move to then support this move to make sure that uh, people can see a light and brightness and a bright future for our currency. And we don't want a situation where this reserve of Zimbabwe is usually reactive to run around to defend the currency. Some of these measures are supposed to be very proactive so, so that People don't even speculate against your currency. When people speculate, they are guessing on your currency. They, they, they are throwing some doubts around your currency. And that happens when there's lack of confidence in your currency or some of your policies. So this what has been done by the government. They actually need to announce that, look, uh, by the next half of the year, we are going to start accepting maybe 75%. From 50% now, we will go to 75%. By maybe next year, we are not going to say 100% of your, all your 
taxes should be in Zimbabwe dollars, even if you're sold in US dollars. Once your tax paid in Zimbabwe dollars, and when you bring that predictability and that focus, uh, that allows now the investors, the corporates, and all other you know participants in the market to plan forward and also remove that expectancy inflation and the expectancy depreciation of currency. Because whenever people could some expectation, like what was now happening over the last six weeks where currency was generally depreciating every week, people would, would now come to expect that if last week it fell by 10%, so this week another 10%, then people would generally expect the currency to keep going down. But what is happening now is we are backing the trend where we have had the currency appreciated by 8.6%, and they have actually... 30 million on offer at the wholesale market, but only 10, the 10 million was purchased by the bank. It means there's an oversupply of currency. It shows that the market, uh, they didn't have so much appetite for foreign currency because the reserve bank was in a position to offer uh, 30 million, but only 10 million was bought. That shows even banks couldn't even fund their position to purchase the additional money. So that slowly eats away on that speculative behavior where uh, corporate way selling uh, their forex, maybe even in the black market, pre- uh, anticipating that and buying all US dollars, anticipating that the Zimbabwe dollar will keep falling. But now, when the Zimbabwe dollar is appreciating like this, it kills that air of uh, uh, speculation where people are expecting the dollar to keep uh, collapsing and uh, they, they want to speculate by holding uh, US dollars so, so that you know they, they, they can hold value or they can sell at a later value at a lower rate and generate more Zimbabwe dollars. So what is happening is, is very positive because now even the market players, they have to wait to see what happens next week. Uh, they are now looking at it with uh, very keen interest. Uh, it was not like what it was before, where it was obvious that the Zimbabwe dollar is going to weaken again. So what is happening is now what Zimbabwe, the reserving has to be encouraged to keep doing what they've done, to say, okay, keep supplying the US dollars on the official market the way they've done. And slowly, this is how you queue the parallel market. Because if the reserve bank is saying we've got 30 million available and the banks can only finance 10 million, that means there's an excess 20 million, which is like uh, 66%. And if that, this happens again next week, where people are offered 30 million and they can only buy maybe 15 or 10, and it keeps happening every week, market and this behavior of uh, trying to hoard US dollars, will slowly go away because people were holding because they want that even in the, the former, former market, they might um, be a shortage of US dollars. But now the reserving has actually shown muscle, shown credibility, saying, look, we have this foreign currency. And this is what the, the markets want. And the reserving has to do it consistently. Like I said, it's too early to celebrate, but it's worth celebrating because it's something that we are now seeing that the reserving actually sometimes can actually bring more currency than what the market is requiring. And this is what should be happening in the market because the reserve bank should be the lender or supplier of money in the last resort. They should be able to come in to the market to stabilize the market in the way they have done. And they should keep actually doing this. And it shows that maybe the reserve bank has seen that this is the correct evaluation of the Zimbabwe dollar now where it is, where it's about 6,300 mm. When the market now fails, to, to keep absorbing whatever is offered in the market. It now shows you are reaching a point of equilibrium and where the demand and supply is actually now with more supply than demand. And slowly if we keep having more supply than demand, the Zimbabwe dollar is going to keep appreciating. Maybe we fame back to 5,000. You don't know. But the 
leverage needs to show it and prove it in the market that look we are stable. That is why it's always a, a, a standard practice that the reserve bank should always have reserves. Reserves that are like maybe equivalent to pay say six months worth of import cover. When you have such savings or such a reserve, the market can never really speculate against your currency because you'll be in a position to say when the speculators come, we are in a position to defend your currency by either supplying or increasing interest rates and other measures you can take. But the basic touch is that you need to have reserves that are solid. When you have those reserves, whenever the market is demanding your currency or they want foreign currency, they're able to meet those requirements. And once you meet those requirements consistently, people start to to lose that air of panic where they usually like, oh, I need to to buy up this money that I'll need to use maybe three, four months from now. There's no need for you to hold because this money is readily available. Uh, very interesting that, that you bring that up. Uh, Pascal, I want you to come in maybe and also just comment uh, on that. This $20 million that was left untaken, uh, does this also, do you believe that this also shows that the banks are overwhelmed? Is this a point of saturation? And, and what can we make of this? That's a very tricky question. <clears throat> you see, the, the challenge that we face sometimes as analysts is the outcomes that we want. But also, we have got an obligation to the audience to be uh, entirely truthful. And uh, sometimes we are conflicted. Uh, in this case, why, why I bring this up is there are certain things that my colleague has said that are uh, sexually not true when you go to the interest rates because the deposit rates are actually upwards of single digits. Arguma 40, 50, thereabouts. So that's one thing. The other thing is the, the, this one auction, it, it, it's not like people didn't go and bid. It's the banks that didn't go and bid. And also when you look at the process of bidding, it's not like uh, they, they, they would not have known in advance that these guys are bringing 30 million. If, if you see what I'm saying, look at the previous allocations because sometimes uh, what, what the amounts that the banks went bid are not necessarily tied to what their customers want per se. This is wholesale. This is what the bank thinks they can get and offload. So there would be no point in anyone if the previous bids that had been allocated to a 10 million to really imagine that this time round. These guys are bringing for, uh, 30 million or whatever. So, so some, sometimes we read too much into this. I'm all for positive sentiment so that we avoid the chaos that has happened in the last month or two. But factually, the workings of these various markets don't point to a long-term solution. The key things that we need to look at, there are two key fundamentals. Now I'm, I'm dragging everyone from the... Uh, discussion. Uh, uh, Pascal, maybe you can just lower this, uh, the volume of your radio. I, I think we're just getting a little bit of feedback there. I, I actually don't even have a receiver oh, on here, oh, right. okay. so it's not me. It's, 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 it's probably you. But anyway, <laughs> coming back to what I was saying, uh, there's something called the budget deficit. Basically what you're saying is, is the government spending more than it is collecting. Our country is notorious for running budget deficits principally because the public finance management system is a cash budgeting system. So the Minister of Finance will give you a set of figures in Parliament, but that's not what the government spends, because they borrow. It's these deficits 
that then forced the creation of money. You've heard about I'm not trying to malign the president here, but the the, the, the Bait Bridge, Harare Road, these are all local funds that were outside the budget. So the, this is where the printing of Zim dollars then starts, public expenditure, because we can't go and borrow elsewhere. Our taxes, we don't contribute enough to pay for the things that we want. So when you monetize that budget deficit, you create more local currency, which then pushes on the rate. So that's the, fact, the, the first factor. We need to balance our books, but we can't, because we never collect enough to cover what we want to spend for. That's a fact. The second thing is the trade deficit. Figures that came out today or yesterday show that even when our exports expand, our imports still expand more than the exports. So that, that creates what's called the trade deficit, where you're bringing in more than we are taking out. Basically meaning the demand for foreign currency increases even as we produce more. So those are the, the two key long-term drivers of where the rate goes. This, this allocation that we can do on a weekly basis, we can change and say we are doing this, now we're doing interbank, this, that, and the other. As long as those two fundamentals the spending of government relative to its source of income and our exports relative to our imports, as long as those work against the local currency, across time, the local currency will lose value. Why I bring this up is I want the, these interim measures to work, but also I don't want to then act like I am not a knowledgeable analyst who then, you know, hype something that, that they know this is not a long-term solution. The key issue is the government itself, we want them to do this project, but they can't borrow from IMF, World Bank, and elsewhere. Now they have to come here and print money. But the challenge is now, because you've got the Reserve Bank, which is supposed to be under the Ministry of Finance, and the Ministry of Finance, sometimes you can sense a bit of tension, which may many people who are not familiar may not see, where you are then saying, one moment the Reserve Bank is controlling this, the next moment the Ministry of Finance is doing this. Then those are the key long-term issues. Are we collecting enough to fund what we promised the people? The answer to that is no. Are we uh, importing less than we are exporting so that we are not getting value? Answer to that. The answer to that is no. So those are the key things that will determine whether everything else is, is short-term drama. We need to... To fix the short-term issues, yes, but long-term, where the currency goes has got a lot to do with those twin deficits, Rumi. Mm. Okay, uh, so, so you say this is a short-term solution. Though the short-term issues need to be looked at, in the long-term there may need to be more considerations. Um, let's take a look at the rate uh, at the moment. Uh, we saw that last week it was 6926 to $1. Uh, and uh, this week it's uh, 6326 per U.S. dollar. Um, what does this mean? Somebody's looking at this and saying, is this a positive move? And in line with these measures that we're discussing this evening, Gilbert, come in, please. Well, I think for the last seven days, it's positive. But... Uh 
we need a positive uh, pattern and trend. We need to see the direction where it's going. So we don't even know what's going to happen next week. So we need to watch this uh, over a, a period of time to see whether it's now going to stabilize it around that range or it's going to keep appreciating or it will start depreciating again. So it's really something that uh, we are not in a position to judge too quickly and accurately for that matter. Whilst we are saying it's positive and it's good for the short term, but if you look at the long-term situation of things, is the long-term is made up of several short-term uh, developments. So if this development is repeated over several weeks and then several months and it stretches into a year, then in the long term, it will become positive and then start a situation where people can look at the currency with some uh, uh, confidence to say, look, I can hold Zimbabwe dollars because their value do not uh, depreciate rapidly or uh, spectacularly like what happened over the last six, seven weeks. So for market players, what they want to see is what are the supportive measures being taken to, to, to support the currency because it's not good enough to come up with one uh, strategy and then fold your arms and say, look, I've done this and you, you, you hold back. There are other measures that are necessary to to support the currency to make sure that this is not a, a flash in the pan, as it were. Uh, some of the other things we, we need to consider is how can we uh, increase the value for our exports? Uh, in coming into the official channels, how can we increase the volume of uh, uh, diaspora remittances? How can we beneficiate some of the minerals? Like we know we've had uh, exciting developments in the lithium mining sector. Uh, how can we maximize uh, the value of our exports to increase the uh, exports and the foreign currency? revenues. Uh, that measure, again, is going to help to make sure that Zimbabwe is earning way more foreign currency. And people, once you prove that capacity and capability to continuously earn higher amounts of foreign currency, people will start to give confidence to your currency because it's your earning capacity that is part of how people look at your currency. But if you keep uh, an inconsistent consistent, sorry, ending uh, record. And people are bound to say, okay, when this foreign currency comes, let's hold it. Let's stash it. Because you never know. Maybe next quarter it won't be there. But when you prove it consistently that you are a significant end of foreign currency and it keeps increasing, uh, it's then something that we need to, to, to look at. And also, we need to look at how can we reduce our imports. Uh, what are we importing? And how can we deploy import substitution strategies to reduce our import bill whilst increasing our export revenues. And those measures can't be taken in vacuum. They have to be supplementing and complementing each other to, to, to bring the bigger picture out of the situation. So the Reserve Bank needs to spell out a longer-term vision of what are they targeting. Do they have a target of the, 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 the Zimbabwe dollar? What value do they think it should be. Do they want it to be around a certain range and then hold it there? 
because you'd remember that the currency stayed it for a very long time it around one to nine hundred. Stayed there for, for a very uh, kind of long term period in, in our circumstances. Suddenly it started to to, to, to move dramatically uh, so the reserve bank itself needs to, to be uh, announcing or indicating to the market accurately to show where do they prefer to see the currency and what measures are they going to put in place to make sure that the currency stabilizes at a certain range. They can't just say market value. You hardly ever leave the currency to the uh, wishes of the market. As an authority, the reserve has to have a target. You have to have uh, a standard that is targeting. And this target is what you then they communicate to other market players, say the banks, the pension funds, the insurance companies, you know, and the industry generally, like uh, the retailers, the wholesalers, and whoever is in the economy who is affected by the movement, the current, they have to understand what the reserve is trying to do. It, it shouldn't surprise the market players to say, oh, the reserve has done this move, so, and, and what does it mean for us? So there's also another leg which is required to do that is that of consultation, where they consult uh, uh, other market players. You know, so that these players can have their input into the developments in the market. Once they have their input into the uh, consultation, it means they have a buy-in from other market players. There's no resistance. If there's uh, anyone who doesn't understand or believe, then you deliver it and you can't kind of meet halfway. And whenever now the reserve comes up with these policies, it, it will have uh, significant support. Because you say, okay, this is what the reserve is trying to do, and these are the benefits for us as a corporate and also for the economy and for the nation. So, so that process, again, we know we've got a monetary uh, policy committee uh, and these deliberations are usually highlighted by a statement. But there's more that needs to be done in the Reserve Bank TR department. needs to go out a bit more there and uh, emphasize the importance or the value of this. Like what they did when they, the, the bond note was started to, issue, to be issued. There was a very significant and serious market roadshow to educate you about the need and the value of having your own local currency. And those things should not be a once-off thing. It should be more like a systematic uh, approach where the reserve bank continuously engages uh, the public, the, the uh, various sectors like the retailers, financial sector, and, and to help to have pride and understand that for a country to develop, it needs its own local currency because you can then uh, the adjusting is necessary for you to achieve your target. But when you are using foreign currency, you can't adjust it because uh, you don't have control over it. And the, sometimes it might be against the fundamentals in your uh, uh, economy because it's being controlled by a foreign country which has got its own target and which I might be very far away from what your your national targets are. So, so this issue about national currency and our local currency, I think it's not something that you can take lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because without your local currency, it's very difficult to, to, to develop a country, you know, because you, you, your policy now being determined by another country whose fundamentals might be very different from the ones that you are facing. Mm-hmm. So you, when you go through a hyperinflation to stabilize things. Once you stabilize things, go to local currency and, and work on it. 
Oh, great. Thanks so much for that outlook, Gilbert. Now in closing, Pascal, coming to you. Uh, w- the outlook, uh, the future ahead, will the foreign currency wholesale market uh, continue uh, to be efficable when it comes to our economy? What's your outlook of, uh, of all of this as we close? Well, yeah, we, we can continue playing those uh, games, and I'm not trivializing it. Remember, this is the same money that was coming via the Arabic auctions. Now we are saying we're doing interbank and so forth. But one thing that we would, we must remember, and this is not coming out clearly, uh, even from my end, is that what people are concerned about is the rise in prices, which is caused by the exchange rate, predominantly the parallel market rate, which itself is then driven by the creation of money via government programs and bank lending and so forth. So these are the things that we should target. The, whether or not the rate has gone down on the wholesale rate does not actually affect the prices in the shop. Because very few people, in fact, I would say more than 90% of the products that we are buying there are priced in local currency via the parallel rate. Which is why you found that even where the auction rate, the previous auction rate was not moving, was stable, because the parallel rate was going everywhere, prices were still going up. So the importance of the signals we are seeing now is rather limited insofar as our problems are concerned. The reason why we got some positive movement in the prices, or rather reduction in inflation via this new move is that People then had to go to the parallel market to sell their U.S. dollars to get Zim dollars, and this is what stabilized the parallel market rate. So anything else that does not address the existence or the continued movement of the parallel market rate would have limited impact on the prices and therefore Zim dollar inflation. So yeah, they also they can give us a rate even one to one now, but as long as the parallel market will my price in my shop generally I don't throw up our market. If anything, the official rate works against the government because that some rates not to collect your government via things like ananas You find that would because they use the official rate, the government then gets less than dollars. So yeah, that, that's my take. What's your market it can do whatever it does, the long term prognosis is, is determined more by imports versus exports and government revenues versus, versus government expenditure than anything else. But our main concern now is this parallel rate must remain stable or fall. Therefore, we, the Arab Israel and the Ministry of Finance, when they eventually decide who is responsible for what, because there's a bit of tussling that's going on there, must make sure that there's no creation of money unmitigated via government expenditure programs which would then drive that parallel rate. Or they must put in measures to address that because that is what impacts prices, not the wholesale rates. Uh, we definitely need to have this conversation as, you know, it sounds like it, it has to be a continuing conversation and a look at some of these measures in the near future. And I will fast run out of time, gentlemen, but there's uh, two questions that have come in that I'll just hasten to, to bring to you. This one is from 266, that, and it says, the government must legislate and ban foreign 
currency transactions. Foreign currency should be a preserve of importers and exporters. And then there's this uh, other one that says, in Indonesia, Kombi every day, bond aneta emuchova tipeo solution, please. So those two questions. Uh, I, I don't know what, Pascal, maybe take this one around banning foreign currency. Is this feasible uh, going forward or, you know, this person must just get their head out of the clouds? It's not going to happen. No, no, it's feasible. There's a plan here. Yakawa with Pakawa RTGS dollar in 2019. We're moving towards de-dollarization. It's a very difficult process. It's been tried tried all over the world in numerous jurisdictions in Onesa. So it gets derailed. Eventually, we want to go to a monocurrency. So the banning Yakamboy, but then the challenge is you do that, Panoyama shortages, and it becomes inconvenient. So we, we, we make three steps forward take two back and we continue like that. The other issue is in dollar, in dollar, shorter. The printing of hard currency. Uh, Dr. Mangunjika, waka enda the opposite years, right? Wana Dr. Gonash, kupina mazim dollar gawandu. So now, red pa akwira, you find kuti, munupayimbo, shantisapa mi mabond, they still got the mabond, but mazim dollars. 800, kupira mchova. Now, pa akudi wapa mwe 4,000. Yet he has not printed more notes or a hard denomination Part of the reason for doing that is there's a cost to printing real paper money. And also you then, you don't get 2% tax here. Chalamagra has been dollar electronic whenever you move it. Yeah, 1%, sorry. Whenever you move it, first and foremost, they can tell. Because they've got red on access to Zim switch, which involves all digital payments. They can tell who's doing what, and they'll send boys to come and ask you. Two, they can also tax you if they want but unfortunately, no kwira kwaita red kwira kwaya. Mazim dolato e papers na kuprintiwa. Zashoma. So maybe ndoka mga solution kanga itaro wagunzi. I'm not imposing religion. Panamu mporovita itaro wakune marinyuwa nilofana kuya. So that perhaps maybe the equivalent of 50 US cents. Imariye beba. Because right now wakata sambia nianda. Wakudiwa wakawanda manji kukwira mchova. And you cannot force wane mchova. To then... Uh, find other ways they could turn out to the tutorial. I hope I have addressed both. Absolutely, you have. Uh, and and uh, Gilbert, anything to say quickly before I, I let you both go to those questions? There any comments? Well, I, I think uh, the idea of uh, earning foreign currency, I think it's uh, a bit far fetched and uh, a bit unnecessary as, as we speak. As, as you are aware, fuel is basically only available in foreign currency. Remember when we, we were using Zim dollars to buy fuel, we ended up having queues. And there were serious shortages of fuel, diesel. You had to sleep uh, at a queue to, to get uh, 20 liters of diesel, 20 liters of, of petrol. Uh, so burning things is never really the way to go when you are running a market economy. I, I think you want to come up with the correct policies that are conducive uh, to make your currency competitive. And that's why I was saying this is a starting measure. They need to put out the various measures to say, look, if you are holding Zimbabwe dollars, you can earn a lot of interest. Uh, and uh, you need it because you're going to pay so much bills, so so, so many bills uh, using the, the local currency. So I think we should not even consider banning foreign currency. Let us just make it attractive to use Zimbabwe dollars. Because... Uh, if it's attractive, people will dump the U.S. dollar and be buying Zim dollars because you need it. It's like you, Zimbabwe dollars should be made our staple. We know in Zimbabwe our staple is Saja. Uh, if someone wants to eat pizza every day, 
they might try to do it, but if it's very expensive, they will stop it. Or if it's unhealthy, they will stop it. So the same thing with currency. If it's unhealthy, it's too much in terms of your finances to use foreign currency, then you will stop it. But right now, there was little incentive for you to to keep Zimbabwe dollars because wherever you went or wherever you go, that's what people like the other listeners just mentioned, that a combis, they need U.S. dollars. If the arma bond, bond. Like now we know ten dollars twenty dollars, even the fifty dollars, the hundred itself. You know, it's too little you can't buy much out of a hundred dollar. You can't buy freeze it from hundred dollar bond not. So those are things that now the monetary authority need to address to say, Okay, we need a bigger denomination, maybe a thousand dollar not. And then make it, you know, feasible and practical and convenient for the uh, public. Uh, so that they appreciate that because even if you are going to give someone say fifty thousand in cash, it's like they are getting a lot of money. But is fifty thousand? How much is it? In US dollars, it's not much. So there are those things that even on the cash notes that are, that are circulating, something has to be done. And also we have spoken about uh, the digital coins and also the gold coins and things like that. So those things need to be brought together so that they gel. They they, they can build one system because sometimes we come up with this idea and then we kind of forget about it and we don't mention it and remind people that we would actually an excellent product that's in the market. That's why I think the Reserve Bank TRA unit needs to step up its you know efforts to make people aware that there are these various products that are coming up. But sometimes they issue something, then they go quiet about it. And it's kind of like there's nothing happening. So they are doing a lot of good work, even though it's not enough. They need to keep pushing. But what they have done so far is something that is worth, you know, commending because it shows that they are, they are alert and they are listening to what is happening to, to, the, to the public. Right now, the listeners highlighted something that is very pertinent to, to all Zimbabweans, that when I'm going to Kombi Mshika Shika, change your net. Even right now, when you buy something in US dollars, one of those things change. One of those to get candy or to get bubblegum or a pen. But when they introduced, they were supposed to help change. But because of how the, the rate is gone, you can't give someone Maria Chakonde, it's too much, you can't fit in a wallet. So the Reserve Bank, again, needs to look at what can they do in terms of uh, using, uh, uh, you know, swipe cards and things like that. And also the cash itself. We need a high denomination of the, the note. Both $100 is RTGS in bond notes. You can't buy anything. So they need to, to look at that agently so that the people can see, look, okay, I can have my bond notes more. But right now, that is another issue why people reject their own currency. Because if you want to keep my bond in cash, you have to keep my suitcase or my trunk in Marioi. So, so that is something that the reserve has to look at. But banning foreign currency should be no-no because we need to keep this balance where people have got options. Because once you ban foreign currency, it goes onto the black market. Then things get out of control. Absolutely. Uh, Gilbert, I- I'm going to have to come in there. Thank you so, so much uh, for such a, a comprehensive answer. And uh, these issues are so difficult to cap off in just one discussion. Uh, so we may have to take this further, uh, perhaps next week. But allow me to thank you both, gentlemen, uh, for highlighting a lot of important things in this conversation. That they didn't understand about the Forex wholesale system, as well as the trajectory uh, that we are, we are taking as uh, a 
as as an economy and more importantly uh what we can expect of some of these measures short term for now but uh very important uh, so allow me to thank you uh pascal mandea who's an economic expert and gilbert muponda uh, who are both with us on the exchange this evening pascal thank you so so much and good night Thank you, Ruben. Good night. Fantastic. And Gilbert, thank you so, so much and good night. Thanks. Cheers. Fantastic. That's the exchange done for this evening. Quite a lot to consider when it comes to currency. So we may have to do a part two of that conversation. For all of our listeners who joined us on our Facebook platform, thanks so much for choosing Cappy Talk. The conversation will continue. Keep it locked. The exchange on Deep Dive.